ain't shit real and ain't shit funny so fuck how you feel hey 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 welcome back to the slay less show super super excited about what we're recording today um I've been very vocal about my disdain for the Kardashian-Jenner clan and some of the things I notice that they do, um, their public personas, some of the marketing that they do, um, just them as a whole. But to not be totally biased, I brought two of my friends here today to kind of help us dive into this discussion. I really think that culturally... Um, Especially when we're talking about pop culture, we can't really talk about pop culture without talking about the Kardashians. They have firmly and unquestionably cemented themselves into the American lexicon. Like, they're here. They're here, whether we like it, whether we don't like it. But I also think when we have people as big and as powerful as they are, they deserve a little bit of social critique and some of the practices that they uh, practice, some of the things that they do. And so today I have two of my friends here, Sarah Vodak and Raven Alston. If you guys would um, just introduce yourselves to the audience, tell us where we can find your work, some of the different things that you're in, your uh, social media handles, anything else interesting that you think that people would need to know about you? Oh, oh, I guess I'm going first. So, <laughs> so I'm Sarah. Um, I'm sorry, Celeste, but it's actually Sarah Rathbun now. <gasps> I took oh my, my God. I, did, I was, I was, you know, old school. I took my husband's name. Yeah, it's okay though. No, it's perfectly fine. And like, I know you from high school, so like, I in know my we mind, go so far back. You're Everyone like Sarah Vodak. Vodak. It's okay. I go back to Abilene. I still get called Vodak. You're oh good. my gosh. Um, but yeah, I was a media studies major at UT Austin, and part of I've I've just always been fascinated with just the media hegemony and how how media just permeates into so much of everyday life. And when you said, you were like, hey, let's talk about Kardashians. And I was like, oh boy, yeah, I absolutely. have opinions. Let's yeah, let loose. I love it. Love but uh, it. by day, I'm a marketer. By night, I'm an artist. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Rathbunny. Rath, like the word angry, underscore bunny, like a cute little furry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here and talk, talk to you fine ladies. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, Sierra. Um, I'm Raven. Uh, you can find me at, at Raven, the letter B, R-E-A-L, so Raven Be Real. Um, I am, I studied social work um, at UTA for my bachelor's and A&M Commerce for my master's. Um, I'm always interested in anything social, trends, um, cultural trends, cultural manifestations, just any type of things of how like society and culture kind of blend um, and take and take and give from each other. So talk about Kardashians, culture vultures. So <laughs> it just goes with everything. Oh that man, I, not that the I, culture vultures. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it was everything that I love to talk about. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so happy to have you guys here. And, uh, when I like post, I recruit and I post everything on Facebook. As soon as you guys popped up, I was like, actually, sometimes I have some random people. I'm like, I don't know if I need to interview you because I don't know <laughs> if this is your cup of tea. But as soon as you guys popped up, I was like, this would actually be perfect for them. And I feel like they'd have a lot to contribute. And just I feel like the conversation would be so well-rounded. And I'm excited to talk to you guys tonight. So let's dive in. So just in general, what are your general thoughts about reality TV, capitalism, and privilege? Are any of these things intermingled? Why and how? Or why not? Or why? <laughs> so obvious one to me just right off the bat is reality TV exists purely for money. I mean, you had going back to the, the writer's strike in 88. Yes. 
you know, we had this lack yes. of scripted television, and so their TV producers were like, well, we still have to do something. What can we do without writers? Mm-hmm. And they realized, oh, hey, let's just put some people on TV and film it. Absolutely. <laughs> and then put it all together in post. Um, we We would not have pretty much any, like, a-list show that we have right now without just the desire for money yeah for sure for sure um i definitely think they're completely intermingled i think rea- reality tv is a form of like she just said capitalism you know y'all know i had to google this before <laughs> i came <laughs> so um i think reality tv is a perfect expert like a perfect example of capitalism of you know cap pretty much capitalizing privatizing your lives and making money off of it absolutely and it internally benefits the privilege um white privilege uh light skin privilege um just any class privilege class privilege yeah. yes class privilege it definitely benefits the privilege not more so of how they how they make money off of it but a lot of how they are viewed after it absolutely it's definitely like you some people are viewed in a better light than others post reality tv though they may do the exact same thing Exactly. I agree. Um, I think that you can't talk about reality TV without talking about capitalism and privilege. Um, I'm glad that you brought the writer's strike because that was the first thing I thought of. Was I was like, you know, reality TV, I noticed this because I feel like reality TV really came to prominence when we were in high school. And oh, so yeah. I remember um, various shows. Like, I think, I mean, it started probably even before the writer's strike with like Survivor, um, which was on like, you know, the early 2000s, late 90s. And then I remember distinctly. Like the, do you remember the first seasons of Real World? Yeah, I say Real oh World. Oh, my God. Yeah, what t- am I saying? I, and I always uh-huh. forget about Real World, which has been around for mm-hmm. like what since the, ni- the early Nin- 90s. Early right? 90s. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, like reality TV has slowly but surely kind of just been creeping its way into the American conscience and into like mainstream media for quite some time. And you really saw a spur in reality TV during the writer's strikes. I remember so many, I remember Desperate Housewives didn't come on for like a year. And that was one of the biggest shows at the time. I remember all of a sudden, all these different reality TV shows started sprouting up. And I remember around the same time, Flavor of Love, uh, where we were introduced to New York, Tiffany Pollard, also known as New York, um, and some of the other... Shot Big, at love with Tila Tequila. Oh, sh- oh, oh yeah. shit. Like, I forgot about that. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that was on MTV or VH1. I can't I remember. It was VH1. Yeah. yeah, but I, I know that MTV and VH1 kind of like had a really early foot mm-hmm. in all of this reality TV. And I think also when we talk capitalism and privilege, I think you're absolutely right, Sarah. It's all about money. Yeah. Like, they do mm-hmm. the wild shit they do simply for viewership which equates to money when it's all said and done and when in regard to privilege i think we also have to talk about privilege in regard to who actually gets the stage to be on reality tv mm-hmm. and if they're going to be on reality tv what is expected from them like i know um and this is just from watching like the flavor of love like i have every every like i absolutely feel in my heart of hearts that those girls were like they were told to get on tv Get on TV and act as crazy as you can, be as wild as you can. Oh, and you like, know those those. So I have friends who have been on reality shows. Mm-hmm. They pump you full of alcohol. They want you drunk. I didn't know that. And they want you inebriated the entire time because that's what makes for good TV. Wow. Wow, it gets more interesting and more interesting. I know it makes a lot of your like favorite <laughs> shows even just even better when you go back and watch them with that knowledge. <laughs> Man, that explains so much about so much of reality TV. Um, I think also in regard to privilege, um, 
think you mentioned something really important because later on when we get further into like these questions, I really want us to kind of dive into privilege in regard to how the Kardashians have been able to like get where they're at. Because I feel, I feel like, you know, reality TV, there have been so many people that have done things similar to them. Like, you know, Paris Hilton pretty much like set the mold of like releasing a sex tape and capitalizing off of it. And to this day, it still kind of blows my mind. Like, well, why, why wasn't she as big or why wasn't she able to capitalize the same way that the Kardashians were able to capitalize off of that type of fame? Well, interesting enough, uh, Kim Kardashian was on Paris Hilton's show. Like, yes. she used to be on. Yeah, she, like, she was her, like, what, friend, assistant, like... Assistant slash like, closet organizer slash, yeah, like... Like, uh, like um, I read... Because I I I I'm I kind of hate you a little bit for how much of my Google history search is now filled with Kardashians. <laughs> um, but um, Paris Hilton and Kim went to high school together, oh. and that's how they actually like know each other. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when Paris was like, "I have a show or whatever," Kim would just kind of be on it because she was just around. Yeah, I know that they had some kind of public falling out. Um, but yeah, I mean, when we talk about like as far as like the social, like the the mold of like the rich young socialite releasing a sex tape and then like, oh, my sex tape, let me see if I can capitalize. That's totally Paris Hilton's like Mm -hmm. avenue. Like she crafted that out for everybody that came after her. All right. Do y'all have any other thoughts about that particular? Y'all want to move on to the next question? One thing that kind of came up first to mind when, when I got to the point of like, how does privilege go into reality TV? So much of it to me is whenever you look at the contestants on reality shows or like the participants, mm-hmm. you're you're not going to see a true picture of of America because you're only going to find the people who could afford to take two months off of work to go film a TV show. Because wow. the only people who get paid for t- to be on reality TV are the people who bring in the ad money. Mm. So you don't get paid until you have a name on the ba- like on the Bachelor, the Bachelor. Mm-hmm. makes about $100,000 for the season. Mm-hmm. The women get, I think, maybe like a $200 stipend a week. Wow. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, especially like, who can afford to live off of that? Right? Like, as two t- like say you film for two months, $200 a week. That's what? $1,600 when it's all said and done. That's like a third of what I make every month. Like, I couldn't survive off. Nobody could. That's exactly. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Thinking of it now, all the all the girls on Bad Girls Club all live with their parents. So yeah, yeah. they're either gonna be they're gonna be either young. Very, and that's another thing. Uh-huh. They're gonna be really really young and have mm-hmm. the parents to support them. Which hey, guess what? Not all of us have. Mm-hmm. Or they're gonna be well off. I guess you know self made. If you want to use a Kardashian term, mm-hmm. let's hope we can get to that later. Oh, we're definitely gonna talk. <laughs> we're definitely gonna dive into that. Definitely gonna dive into that. But but moral of the story, they they have to be they they don't have to worry about the bills moral of that story yeah i absolutely agree i think that's a great segue into our next question because it's literally talking specifically about the kardashian jenners so what are your general thoughts about the kardashian jenners do you find them problematic in any way and take as much time as you want (laughs) raven you want to start us off um i it's it's a battle because I, I I find them highly problematic, but slowly but surely they're trying they're finding ways mm-hmm. to kind of like you know back themselves up like hey I'm doing you know criminal justice work or which I like I do like it's, that it's like I like but... it but you're still a problem yeah. it's you know it's it's one of those ah, you know those give and takes they play on your heartstrings um, I definitely think that 
uh, going back to my song from Kimberly, <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that a lot of in, in how you said about Bria Miles, a lot of things that they were that they do, mm-hmm. others will do, and but they will get much more appraisal for it or much more um, just accolades or um, passes to go ahead and do it. And it's often that they don't, um, up until recently, you know, when they they started recruiting all their husbands, um, <laughs> that they have been, you I know. I like recruiting their husbands. <laughs> yeah. That is the best way that you can really put that. It's so, bravo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, I don't, it wasn't until then that I feel like they don't often give credit to the black women that they take things from or they don't put, mm-hmm. you know, on platforms and stuff that they do from. Um, so you look at the whole Boderic braid situation, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah, they're Boderic braids, but you only put them on because they're in style right now because people or are when, doing tribal braids. Or yeah. when like, uh, Sasha Obama wore her hair in just, I think... I, I, I'm sorry. I only know it by the boxer braids yeah. that Kim uh, was trending, and they tried to say like, "Oh, she got that from Kim," and it's like, "It's who, who's going to tell him?" Like, a, like, like black people have been doing their hair like that for yeah. and a couple I, hundred years. I, I even, I, I, I even, I even saw like, you know, there was a, a one skit that said like, "Oh, look at how the Kardashians talk," you know, like, or they're they look at their new language, but they were saying all Cardi B terms, like they were saying like oh, and stuff like that. And I was like. <laughs> It, but you don't hear them dispel those things. You don't hear yeah. them say, "Oh, we, you know, we got this from such a, this our girl over here," or you yeah. know, this, you know, we, such and such did my hair. So in the sense, they're almost like capitalizing off the fact that people think they did it, even though they know they it, didn't. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I I agree. Did you want to go ahead? I mean, I feel I I feel like it might have been you that I was talking about this with, maybe mm-hmm. on Facebook one time, but. At one point in history, I used to defend the Kardashians because mm-hmm. I never, I never really watched the shows. I'm not, I'm not really a reality TV person. Mm-hmm. Um, but at just at face level value, I saw a woman who, yeah, was able to monetize her private life mm-hmm. and make it, make herself a millionaire. Which you know, for any woman, awesome, mm-hmm. proud of you. Yeah. But then I started digging deeper and started looking. It's like, but oh, actually, how are you using? It's great that you earned yourself this platform. But you're not using it right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're just no, no. And yeah. now, and every time I see like these controversies that come up, it's like, oh, Kardashians getting heat for this. I see people. It's like, oh, well, it's okay because blah blah blah, and they explain it away. And it's just like you guys are just stop being an apologist. Uh. Look at what they're actually doing. Take a step back. Look at all of it. Oh, Trend man. behavior. They're pro- they're promoting a platform of white hegemony. It is white supremacy. It is the ideal that white is better and it is okay that they can do that stuff mm-hmm. because white people are the ones doing it. I want to, I love that you said that. I want to segue into that. So one of the, um, a lot of the time when people defend Kim Kardashian and specifically these are the Kardashians, not the Jenners, but the Kardashians, what the first thing they'll say is that, well, Kim Kardashian, her sisters are women of color which is true because their father is Armenian and that is an ethnic, that's a nationality, an ethnic group, right? But at the same time, I think we have to talk about appearance because if you look racially ambiguous or like you look white passing, then you're still afforded a lot of the same privilege that comes with being an actual white person, yep. right? It's passing and I think, privilege. Right, so I think, mm-hmm. exactly, passing privilege. And so I think a lot of the time when we talk about the Kardashians, it's good to know that about them and it's good to talk about them in a way that affords them the privilege that they have been given because they look white. So when we talk about cultural appropriation, 
I personally don't think in my heart of hearts that the Kardashians are what we would call textbook racist. I don't think so. No. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, these are women, the majority who have either dated or married or had children with black men. So I, I understand that you can still perpetuate white supremacy, even if you're in a relationship with a person of color, or if you're in a relationship with a black person. But I think uh, for them, what I really want to focus on is some of the problematic practices they have in regard to culture. So when we talk about cultural appropriation, which is like this phrase that we really, us as millennials, we really talk about this a lot, especially the Mm -hmm. last four or five years. So when you see shit like Kim being credited with boxer braids or Kim like literally, her and Kylie literally biting the style of Naomi Campbell and passing it off like literally like no... Just recently, I think, and then, because she, and then only saying something when somebody calls heat, somebody right, after, after like you've been called out, brings out the Versace runway pics, right. and it's like, like you I stole it down to the hair, literally, <laughs> literally. So I think when we talk about that, that is the first way they're problematic to me. The second way they're problematic to me is I feel like um, them being in the public eye, and I feel this. I feel like this about a lot of celebrities, but especially the Kardashian Jenners. I feel like who the fuck is around you that's not explaining to you some of the shit that you're saying that's like super, super wrong. Like, for instance, Kim Kardashian, Jeffree Star, YouTube, mega makeup, you know, person has like has a history of saying like super, super racist things. So she gets on the Snapchat. She's like, y'all should just forget about that. And I'm like, how insensitive can you be? Like, how insensitive can you be to tell someone to forget about literally like him calling somebody the N-word, like hard E-R, not A, yeah. hard E-R, not pop, mm-hmm. cult, not pop, pop culture nigga, like okay. bigger. And I'm like, Jesus, like. And so she's saying this type of stuff. And then last but not least, <sighs> let's talk about the way they use their platform. So one thing that really bothered me the entire time that um, we're talking about Philando Castile and like they finally, her and her sisters and their mom, and not all the sisters, but some of the sisters, finally came out and said black lives matter and to me i was like well damn i would hope so to you because you have children that even though they are mixed they're half white and they're half black and they can choose to identify as biracial or on either side of that spectrum when they grow up it goes without saying that somebody who is evil who has ill intentions who truly has a racist and bigoted heart could look at your children and think the worst of them yeah Mm -hmm. think the worst of them period period and it's because of the fact that they are half black. And so when you don't take a strong stance on that, and that's my issue with a lot of celebrities, like I don't want to mm-hmm. just single them out, but I mean, we're talking specifically about them, but that is my issue with a lot of celebrities is that when it comes time for you to use your platform, you're not using it in a way that's really conducive to the people that are supporting you. Because let's, like, mm-hmm. let's make no mistake about it, as problematic as the Kardashians are, a huge, huge chunk of their base is black women. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, I'm looking at them, I'm like, you know, in what way are you letting down your fan base, your fans, the people that put literally put money in your pockets by not being vocal? There are people with less shit to lose than you do who are way more vocal about it. Yep. Like, I know plenty yeah. of allies. Like, mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where I, I think um, – they still have a lot to learn. There are things I do see, like for instance, Kim Kardashian and her her segue into prison reform. I am very pessimistic and cynical when it comes to them. I kind of feel like um, people addressing the prison industrial complex is like a hot topic right now. And I'm like, are you like how much are you how much do you really care about that? 
and how much are you capitalizing off the fact that that's what people like i mean it's everywhere i'm in grad school people are there's and i can i mean i can attest to this there's some really good research that's going to come out in the next couple of years about this like there's like really really important conversations happening around this topic and i'm like how much does she really care how much is she just kind of cementing herself into you know and, and then her I, husband dear god <laughs> i'm just like what the fuck is happening here and i guess I, I i don't want this to be like my pessimist view of the world my glass mm-hmm. half empty but you kind of have to wonder are you using this as a shield are you using that to deflect attention away from all these other problems because it's easier to just go and help someone than it is to actually critically look at yourself and atone for your behavior. Boom, boom. Because to critically look at this problem and to address it, to really address it, this is my thing. Like, I'm happy that she's doing it on a very micro level, but on a macro level, I find it very problematic that you're working against prison and, you know, prison, uh, the prison industrial complex, and you're working to like reduce sentences and make like this mass system of incarceration dissipate. But your husband, who is, you support who you who you're married to that's mm-hmm. your husband is in like a very outspoken and ignorant if i say mm-hmm. may i say so myself a uh, supporter of trump who is deeply indebted to hurting women to hurting the lgbtqi community and to hurting people of color exactly. and so i don't understand how you can be that progressive because to me I, I just it doesn't progressive is not the word i want to readily grant to kim when her husband is actively doing all this other shit. You yeah, know? it's like I don't want to say it was bad that she, you know, advocated for a woman who, yes, rightfully needed to be free. Yes. She did a great job getting her free. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about that million other things behind you. <laughs> that system. That, that other, like, stinking pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> because there's still more work to be done there. Uh, she, the, uh, God, just off the top of my head, she... How can you say you wear your hair in like the Bo Derek braids because you appreciate black culture when I had to look at her um, her beauty brand's Instagram profile? Not a single black woman with natural hair or hair in braids. How can you say you appreciate that and you aren't even willing to use a woman with a natural hairstyle as the face of your brand? Yeah. It, it wraps into kind of like the how how I how I view, and I think other people, women of color view Kardashians, is that you, in most, in most cultural appropriators, is that you like all things popular and black, but not actually black people. Yeah, you want everything you, but yep. the burden. So anything that's popular, yep, anything that's popular that black people are doing, um, and that looks black, or that looks appealing, like a big ass, mm-hmm. you want that, but you don't want to actually support or give credit to those who you are, who you you know, mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that I think that's kind of one of the for me, one of the most problem. And I think it ties into exactly, you know, just back to the, the criminal justice reform is that it's popular. Mm-hmm. You pick that thing, but not actually really support, really diving into it as a whole. You're doing it at a, at a micro level. So not really actually like pushing it as a whole, which would be you know your husband your husband's agenda and then the person he supports agenda as well yeah, is if you if you was really pushing it or if this was something you were like completely invested in completely like you know wholeheartedly you know supporting of you would know that it's deeper than just these one people is that yeah. the the actual person who your husband supports and that's you know in the things and things of such as where the problem actually 
stems, the root of the problem, the, the stem stems of the problem, from, yeah, right. can come it comes from where actual change that we need will happen. But you only pick the small popular thing that gives you just enough to get by mm-hmm. to look popular and cover up. What you said, yeah, kind of like a cover, cover up, up the bullshit. Yeah, yeah you yeah, just I, have like this nice little band aid when really you have you know a festering oh, wound. Yeah, <laughs> like you're like oh yeah, but that. What, are you not going to amputate that rot, that rotten foot? No, yeah. no. We're just going to put this band-aid exactly. on the scratch on the forehead. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely agree. I think you guys have both said some really good things. And I think um, in regard to Kim K, again, just that whole clan, that, that whole group of women, those sisters, bless their hearts because I really feel like you know they are not willing to take those steps because of capitalism because they are afraid of alienating a specific part of their brand. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the time, I mean. We talk about art. I think fashion, hair, all that is classified under this larger umbrella of art. Mm-hmm. And so the thing about art and the thing about expression is that it is deeply indebted to the social context in which you live. So when we talk about black fashion or urban fashion, we talk about black hair. We talk about um, cultural customs that are belonging to people of color. A lot of the time we're talking about some of these customs being born out of oppression. Mm-hmm. And being born out of um, situations and circumstances where people, they're expressing themselves because that's literally all they have. They right. have no real material mm-hmm. power. They have no social capital. They have no real like they have no real power mm-hmm. in the world except the power of expression. So when you take that and you decontextualize it and you slap it onto something that it's not really meant to be on without giving the proper respect, the proper deference it takes away that power, you know, mm-hmm. and it, take, it takes it and turns it into something, it cheapens it in a way. Yeah. You know, I remember, I can't remember who said it. Um, listeners, there's a thing called Google, um, <laughs> but I remember it was, there's quote something along the lines of um, cultural appropriation isn't necessarily the, you know, the worry of like the theft of culture. It's the erasure, it's the erasure of the whys and the history yeah. and the and the actual heritage of it. And once that once you take once you divorce those two, you lose your history. You lose your heritage mm-hmm. if you are no longer in control of its narrative. Absolutely. I think especially here in America right now, I'm I'm studying immigration. There are a lot of like just in regards to people coming into this country and in regard to like us being a very diverse country, there's like, you know, we call ourselves a melting pot, but there's almost something really oppressive about that, mm-hmm. that it calls us to like really hegemonize ourselves and not really pay attention to diversity. And, you know, it's like this, this, this constant dialogue of we're all American, we're all American, and it's okay to be American, but it's also okay to be different. It's also okay to like pay homage to like your cultural traditions and your social traditions. And I think a lot of the time when we talk about cultural appropriation, that definitely ties into that that discussion in a way that just like you said, it is a racer, you know? Yeah. And then also what I'm always really concerned about when we talk about cultural appropriation, these black trends are becoming really popular and there's money, a lot of money to be made. Mm-hmm. And none of that money is going back into the community. Is going nope. back to the community. Like I mean there's so many instances like um one of the main critiques of Madonna in the nineties when she started voguing Voguing is taken from the underground gay scene in New York. Mm-hmm. Those people were literally dying from AIDS while she was making millions of dollars off of stuff that she took from that community. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about that, that's that's also something I think that needs to be considered. We're talking about money or equity or a means of taking entire communities and leveling the field. And when you take that away from them, you still you rob them of an opportunity to like mm-hmm. increase 
their like to social mobilize upward and increase their standing in life in a way, you know, like we don't know what type of opportunities could have could have come out of that money being given to those people. Mm-hmm. What opportunities they would have created for more people within their communities. We we don't know and there's no way to really measure exactly. that. So Yeah. It's tough. Y'all want to move on to the next question? Or y'all want to say anything else? I'm ready for the next question. Next. All right. Let's move on. All right. Our third question. Do you think that the business model that the Kardashian Jenners have created and maintained over the years is a model that can be implemented by women of color and specifically black women? Why or why not? And we've touched on this a little bit, but I want to specifically talk about what they have done to make their money and cement themselves into like this, like Kylie is a fucking billionaire. Okay. Kylie is going to get richer and it's nothing like that's all. That's what's going to happen. Kylie's her, her (laughs) net worth is just going to keep, Going right on up. Um, going back to you know what uh, you had mentioned about being that culturally ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a large you know impact of why women of color can attempt it, but probably will, won't succeed at their level. Mm-hmm. Is that um, when you look at certain women of color, when when people look at them, their entire paradigm of how they think of that person versus not. Not and it may not even be their conscious pair, like like what they actually you know say out loud. Just things that they that they've built up over time through mm-hmm. you know what they've seen and stuff like that is always going to be associated with that person. So mm-hmm. there are some people who will see the Kardashians and won't see, will just see them as white. You know, they won't see them as you know any other type of ethnicity, and they'll associate all things that they think of white people with them. And a lot of that time is positivity, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are people who will see black people and no matter how much positivity that they have unless they're diana ross and i and even she had issues you know um even they talk shit about beyonce and i'm like beyonce is the fucking queen okay. like what what well, can like, you say what's, about what's her the, what's the problem you know <laughs> yeah but there's literally they can do absolutely nothing wrong and will still have issues with it we you know based off of their own personal paradigms will have issues of how they see people of color mm-hmm. and that's uh constant trend um not even i i talk about this in my work with other people with other cultures it's not even actually in black culture it's like in in um in asian culture the darker you are you know a lot of colorism okay. in asian culture. a lot of yeah a lot in, of colorism in, and uh, in, 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 in Indian and Middle Eastern culture, the Lots darker you are, the problem and stuff like that. So it's one of those common trends of these poor negative connotations that people associate with the darker you are. And some and that affects also, also mar- you know, marketing value. Absolutely. Like how are you, how marketable are you? When you're a little culturally ambiguous, you appeal to both sides. So you're more marketable. You're more marketable. Absolutely. And then, but if you're not, it's kind of only one side that may like you the most. Yeah. For sure. Sorry. (laughs) Mental train stopped at the station there. Um, You want to take a a second? No, I was just going to say, like, going to, going back to um, the actual question, you know, could a a woman of color do what what Kim Kardashian has done? And it really, I think, not yet. But we're moving there. I think, unfortunately, because TV always goes back to, mm-hmm. is it going to make money? I think with, you know, the recent, the recent releases of stuff, you know, like Us, mm-hmm. biggest horror movie opening ever, and it mm-hmm. features a predominantly black cast. Black yeah. Panther, 
biggest Marvel movie movie opening with a full cast of color. I think businesses are starting to see it's not as much of a risk to have people of color in lead roles or people of color be the sole focus. Mm -hmm. Not saying that, you know, we haven't, um, it's just, it's just so interesting to me the, who the companies, like who they think they will make money off of. Because like Mm -hmm. you were saying, like Kim's audience is largely made up of women of color. She actually, her target, her audience she tests best in is 18 to 34, 18 to 34 year old Hispanic women. Yes. And people are just, they keep giving her shows because Mm -hmm. they realize, all right, that demographic, they have money to spend now Mm -hmm. because it isn't just so much. It's only the middle-class white guys. Now Mm -hmm. they are starting to, you are finally starting to see pockets of wealth in communities of color. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit, a little bit of, our actual, you know, the dynamics of wealth in this country have shifted, but also the dynamics of taste have have shifted. People are starting to realize, like, oh, yeah, you can't actually, like, have people of color in these lead roles and have them possibly There's be a market a there. There is a market, yes. There's money to be made there. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think literally the only person who could do it is Beyonce. Like, I think she's the only person that you could go into, like, maybe, like, an executive producer and be like, we're going to film Bay and Jay-Z 24-7. They'd be like, yes. Because <laughs> they know people would watch it. Yeah. She they, has market value. What were you going to say, huh? I, 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 wanted, I wanted to just, one of the things that was, when you said it was, um, you said, can they copy the Kardashians model and mm-hmm. still get the same value? Mm-hmm. The people who you described was uh, Black Panther and Jordan and, uh, and Peele. They didn't copy anybody, but they literally had to recreate their own shit. True. Yeah. To you know, True. like you. So I don't think I, I, it goes back to like in order to. It, in, I don't think anybody can copy. They would literally have to get creative and make up their own personal, you know, avenue yeah. that would appeal to mm-hmm. someone, you know, to 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 get real creative and strategic to even to get to that that stature. So not necessarily. I I, I think. Not necessarily, you know, copy. I don't think they'll be able to copy, but, but the, the examples you gave were perfect examples of people who had to get strategic and creative and had to build themselves yeah, up had, to get to that level. They had to overcome a yeah. ton yeah. to yeah. get Stan, to where they were. Stan, Stan Lee had, you know, created these Marvel, these black Marvel comics a long time ago. Oh, Stan and Lee he, did Yes, and he did so because of what was going on in the 60s. And mm-hmm. he was like, no, I have to write something for these children of color, for it, these people of color. Also, by the way, Stan Lee did Oh. He did it. He did. No. Stan, um, unfortunately, Stan oh, Lee. He's oh. another problematic uh, figure. Oh, yeah. I'm hyping him up. Don't even. I know. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> Just look up Stan Lee. Which characters did he actually create? Okay. He had a bad tendency of slapping his name on Every, his employees' uh, work. Well, okay. there we have it. Another uh, white man stealing people's work. God damn it! I know. <laughs> no one is trying to give you credit. <laughs> I know. Shit. Okay. Well, I think. Um, the examples you use are really good. And I think in that respect, there is definitely a market for black visibility, mm-hmm. right? Because people want to see black people. Now, my question is, how do they want to see black people? Because Jordan Peele, he's a cinematographer, right? Like he is a director. He's a writer. He has made like, consi- I, I guess us and uh, Black Panther. And then what's the other movie? Get Out. Get Out. These are all films. So they were they reside in this realm of what is still respectable. So I think in the case like could a black woman do what Kim K has done? I would also say what you have said, not yet. Yep. I think we're moving 
in that general direction because you have Amber Rose, who has literally put together a slut walk that is internationally world-renowned, known. People come from all over the place. We, we so consider like, her black? Does she... could? Do we consider her black? I'm Do just, we consider her black? I don't even know if she considers herself black. I, I, I always have, but she's... No, I think she's Caymate. She's, like, from the islands. She's Caribbean. She's, like, Caribbean and... She's biracial. She's, okay. like... We will classify her as racially ambiguous. Okay. We don't actually know what she is. We know that she aligns herself mm-hmm. a lot of the time with black mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Black China. Who else do we have? Um, See, yep. Cardi B, a woman who act, who has never been ashamed about the fact that she stripped. Yeah. And that is how she supported herself. She, she considers herself to be Afro-Latina. Um, so I would say when we talk about, like, can a black woman, the specific model that the Kardashians have crafted out for themselves... Um, as far as releasing a sex tape and being able to capitalize off of it, I'm going to give it a hard no for several reasons. First, they don't have Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner is a fucking business mastermind. Oh, I know. Chris Jenner, Momager, they, Momager is the only business. reason any of those kids. Yes. What they, they, what they said, like, she's the only reason you knew The devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder. No, that, that's okay. that saying. It's like the funniest <laughs> it's shit. I'm just the like, devil works hard. Chris no, Jenner because like Chris Jenner is going to ink those deals. Mm-hmm. A lot of these women don't have Chris Jenner in their corner. They don't okay. have a Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner is going to do whatever the fuck it takes to make all five, how many, five daughters and her son. Mm-hmm. I don't care how miserable Rob is. Rob is still fucking rich. <laughs> okay. Very rich. He's when still like, socks. money is still pouring into Rob's account every month. He checks that bitch. is like zero, zero, zero. And he goes back to sleep. And he's like, okay. fuck it. I don't care. Nope. And I mean, no, the first off, they don't have Kris Jenner. Second of all, that racial ambiguity that is there for the Kardashians and now the Jenners, because I feel like they've adopted a lot of like, I won't even say the Kardashians, they have figured out the mold as far as like, we can't look too white. We can't look too, too ethnic. Mm-hmm. Can't look too dark. So they have like adopted this aesthetic where they basically either look like like ethnic women of color or like they're light skinned black women or they're like biracial. They have adopted that and they understand that that is what's marketable because people want to look at that and they're like they're, there's this mystery, this air behind it where they can't really tell what you are. But they know you're not completely white. They know you're probably not completely ethnic or black. But they look at you like, well, she's really pretty. I want, there's still an image. You know, like, I yeah, want she, to look she like that. She fits the ideals of what yes. white heterosexual men find attractive. This exotification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then furthermore, we got to talk about class. Like, I, and this is where I'm going to bring up the self-made shit that has been floating around the internet about Kylie Jenner. First and foremost, those girls grew up rich. Robert Kardashian was a one percenter. He was a one percenter. Uh, His family was rich. His family owned like a huge meatpacking company in South California, Southern California. And they passed it on to him. They were able to successfully send him through law school. He became a famous lawyer. I mean, one of his best fucking friends is OJ Simpson. And before OJ Simpson became a like well accepted criminal, OJ Simpson was securely Mm -hmm. like an American hero. He was on cereal boxes and fucking commercials like he hobnobbed with the people who had money because he had money. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then after he and Christian are divorced, Christian goes and marries fucking Caitlin, formerly known as Bruce Jenner, who was at the time an a, like an Olympic, an, an Olympian. Olympian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Olympian. we're talking about people who are, they have money. Mm-hmm. Like they are securely, securely. So I don't care. Like I don't really buy all that. Well, we had to start a business and we had to build. I'm like, yes, but you had the or, business. Or, or Kylie is the hardest worker I've ever met. I'm so, I'm sorry, what? 
Has she has she worked three part time jobs and put herself through school? Like no, 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 like, no she hasn't. No, she hasn't. <laughs> and like I just want to say, like even to start a business, you need money to start a business. Like in order to make money, typically you need money. And if you don't have money, then you're not going to make any more money. So I just mm-hmm. like I I think for several different reasons, like that that model that is readily available to the Kardashians that they were able to capitalize so much off of. I don't really see that happening for a lot of women of color. Probably mm-hmm. not in our lifetime, sadly no. to say. But mm-hmm. I, maybe in my daughter's lifetime, like maybe we'll start we'll start to see that then. And I think Beyonce's uh, kid. I, I, I do find it I do I do find it hopeful that there are people like useless who are willing to say <laughs> no, who are actually willing to say, Hey, look at this super popular institution. Can we talk about the problems? Because kids are going to come along and they're going to look at it and they're like, "Oh, hey, let's keep taking this ball. Let's keep going it. For, let's keep taking it further." We gotta Why think critically is it like about this? shit. Mm-hmm. We got to think critically about stuff. And I think also, like when talking about that and talking about privilege, like I find it really problematic that they're marketing Kylie as like this self-made billionaire. I'm like, no, like, dude, no. Like, yeah, there's the no only, way. The only reason Kylie Cosmetics had the most popular drop ever is because. She was a reality TV star. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't say she started from nothing. Yes, she, none of her money is inherent. Inher- none of her current money she has is inherited. But who is paying for all of the, like, you know, product tests and all the mock-ups and all of just everything mm-hmm. that goes into, yes, starting your own brand. Yeah. I'm going to bet it was Momager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm willing to bet it was definitely Christianer. I mean, like, when you talk about these businesses, like, um, I think it's just so irresponsible to spread this narrative that Kylie Jenner was self-made. I feel like it's so unre- unrealistic to people who are really trying to do what she's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to go into it thinking, oh, well, she did it. And I'm like, no, no, Yeah, I just, no. I just have to work hard. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Kylie had reality TV checks that were stacking up that she could afford to take and do everything she needed to do to put her business model Make it into an actual reality, which yeah. a lot of people just don't have. As a child, have as a child, yeah. yeah. When did? How old was she when I Keeping Up with the Kardashians started filming? Wasn't like she like eight? eight? Yeah, yeah, at like a kid. Ten, at least, yeah. yeah. Obviously, not a consenting adult. She was not. She did not opt in. She didn't sign a contract. Hopefully, <laughs> she was eight or nine. I remember because the Car- Keeping Up with the Kardashians, I think, debuted in either two thousand six or two thousand seven. And if I'm not mistaken, she was born in ninety eight. Ugh. I know. I'm like 98. Like, what the fuck? Right? Like, <laughs> we're old. I know. I, I was a person in 98. Yes. I had like friends. And feelings and emotions. <laughs> yeah. Like, I clearly identify. So I'm just like, you know, I, um, I just like look at them and I'm like, no, like that, that business model is not sustainable for a lot of people. It's just not. Like, there have been countless, um, I mean, if that's the case, like you have like all these different housewives and shit, how, why haven't they been able to implement the same level of success? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, if all it took was hard work, there would be a lot more billionaires. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, I think Kylie is so interesting just because I remember when Fenty Beauty launched. Rihanna made it a really, a really big deal to be super, super inclusive and to make sure she included like 40 different shades of women in her foundation selections. And I remember seeing so many different makeup brands around that same time, including Kylie Jenner's, all of a sudden start marketing to black women. And I'm like, oh, now extended concealer shades. And it's like, no, no, you're playing catch up. You're playing catch up. You're playing catch up. Like, and I'm like, no, like, We've been here. We've been supporting your brands. Like, black women have been idolizing the Kardashians. I don't know why the fuck they do that. But and again, they only started 
you know, adding more shades to their lines once they realized Rihanna was making money. Mm-hmm. Once they realized yeah. there was a market for it, then they then all of us then all of a sudden, oh, look at all these other shades of women that exist. Yeah. I I I want to just throw this in there, not necessarily, but it's something we talked about the last question, but some, but also partakes to Rihanna is just the of people noticing the buying capital of of of, of people of color. Of knowing specifically women of color, spe- yes. yeah, specifically like, especially of in people, beauty, yeah, yes. uh-huh, of people recognizing, you know, um, the the buying capital and how much we support people who support us. Yeah. Like just the mere fact that that somebody was more inclusive of us is like we're gonna give you as much money as possible. We spent so much money. Like Fenty is gonna, Fenty's gonna eventually make a billion too. Rihanna's mm-hmm. gonna, she's gonna approach a billion. Like Fenty's yeah. gonna make her some real cash. She already has. Like mm-hmm. she's projected to hit that mark within like the next three or four years, yeah. and it's because of how inclusive she has been with her like her makeup that her lingerie is size inclusive mm-hmm. a lot of which like we don't really see i think uh chloe as the only one she like her brand has been relatively size inclusive from what i know about good american but um please tell me you saw that tweet about the girl who was like i have to work 30 hours of overtime to afford one pair of jeans but I was going to bring that up, like, but they're super fucking pricey. Like, yeah, her, and, she, and, pricey. And, and her response yeah. to that was, oh, I'm so flattered that her work's worth it, girl. And it's like, are you kidding me? Fuck you. I didn't <laughs> see that. I didn't. Yeah, and that is that. so infuriating. Yeah, what her, the fuck? Yeah. She was like, thanks for being a loyal fan. And it's like, that wasn't the point of the tweet. Drop the price, but, Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, when I when I think of class, I don't even, I don't think of, like, financial class also. I think of, like, also the grooming, right? Mm-hmm. Of when you're in a certain, like, class or, you know, section um, that you've necessarily been groomed to to make money and to, to mm-hmm. be a, a face and to be, you know, the next person. So, essentially, when I think of, like, the Kardashians, especially the, the Jenners, the younger ones, at a very young age, they've been groomed to appeal. Oh, yes. And that puts them at a whole different class than anybody else who's in there. They've been given the game ahead of time, right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. And, and essentially, when we think of class, that's what happens is that some people have been given the game and other people have They have to learn the hard way. Well, yeah, way. That's, yeah. How we, that's how we transfer wealth, right? That's mm-hmm. why a lot of the time we talk about, like, it's really sad to think that here in America we can all go to college, get master's degrees and doctorate degrees, but it's going to take even more hard work to make sure our children maintain that level and then exceed it right exactly. because of the way wealth works wealth a lot of the time is about passing down these assets that you already have to the next generations mm-hmm. and a lot of us don't have those assets a lot of us are right now are struggling like we want to buy houses mm-hmm. we want to pay off our cars we want to pay down our student loans and pay off our credit cards but it is a constant struggle to do so and then to put our children in a position like i constantly since i had Celeste, i'm like I need to make sure she doesn't have to pay a fucking dime for college. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure I have enough money set aside so she can just go. Because I don't want her to come out with me. Yeah. Like, come out like I did. Like, I, I got through undergrad relatively debt-free grad school. When I'm done with this doctorate degree, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? No, like, it's not going to be, that's not going to be my reality. Okay. And I think um, you, that's so profound, grooming of class. And we talk about, mm-hmm. like, they have watched she watched her sister ascend from like the very bottom well i would say the very bottom because like we just said <laughs> but from like okay. relative obscurity uh-huh. to becoming literally a household name like she's one of the most followed people on instagram social media in the world everybody wants to know what is kim k up to mm-hmm. what is courtney up to what is chloe up to what is kendall up to what is kylie up to and they watch their older sisters 
literally make that a reality. And so they learned all the pitfalls that Kim and Chloe mm-hmm. and Kardashian had to go. Uh, I said Kardashian. Courtney had to go through. Mm-hmm. All that shit's avoided for them. Yeah, it's straight to the money. That's why Kylie's a fucking billionaire and she's and, twenty-two. Mm-hmm. And that's also why she decided to keep her pregnancy completely out of the public eye. Yeah, mm-hmm. she saw. She knows exactly what it's like yeah. being a kid. And just or just having yeah the most intimate moments of your life broadcast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I I totally don't blame her for pulling that move I don't blame her for doing that I either know. because I mean as much as they love the media and as much as they need the media to keep this self perpetuating uh, cycle of like money and fame I mean it's kind of like you know you look at them you look at some of the shit that they have to go through and it's like are you doing this for publicity or is this like your real life like to be honest I really feel really bad for Chloe and Tristan I'm like. Let him go, sis. Like, yeah. God damn mm-hmm. it. Like, he keeps humiliating you. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like, at what point? And I'm like, even if you are, even if you do realize the monetary value in being able to exploit your personal life, it's still your life. I don't mm-hmm. care who you are. You still yeah. have feelings. You still have emotions. And, like, at some point, mm-hmm. you want to keep something to yourself, or at least I would hope you do. Yeah. Like, what's life if, like, we can't have mm-hmm. some private moments to ourselves, at least? Something. Not with Chris Jenner. <laughs> she got to get that 10% girl okay, I'm okay. just like ah. well I appreciate you guys I think we're actually ending a little bit sooner than what we uh, probably needed to but I thought this was a really good conversation and stay tuned if we decide to do a part two but thank you guys so much if y'all again want to tell everybody y'all social media handles so they can purchase some art follow you on your fitness journey <laughs> I've been getting it girl about to go again oh my gosh yes. At Raven Be Real, so R A V E N B R E A L. Um, if you want to follow me about all things self care, travel, a lot of fitness, um, mental health is definitely wealth over here. So definitely follow me for all that. No, oh, I just followed you, so you got Ooh. at least one new one. I gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, if you wanna, I, I've, yeah, I, two years ago I started teaching myself how to draw, and now I to keep myself accountable, I try to post every single day a new piece of artwork. Uh, you can follow me at Wrath Bunny, like the word angry underscore bunny. Yes, for sure, for sure. Let me know the next time you have a show. I saw you did Raw. When's the last time? You did Raw earlier this year? Or? I did Raw last year, uh-huh. and I did a Ladies and Art show in Richardson nice. at the end of last year. I haven't done any shows this year yet, but Let us know. I've got my eye out. I'll post for you. I'll post on my Instagram. Everybody, Let everybody know. Thank you guys so much for coming in, and I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Take care, and we'll see you next time. No discounts on Fifth Ave. Black girl who's angry.